Someone wrote in and asked me this question. You ready? Here he goes. It's a good one. Rick, recently you talked about how you tend to live on military time, and Lucia lives on island time, and how you both have had to work through your conflicting personality traits in your marriage. You also tied this to how the gospel speaks to every area of your lives. How did you both eventually apply the gospel to your personality differences? How can the gospel help two people live in relational harmony? Isn't that an outstanding question? Well, I'm going to tackle it in this podcast because you know somebody. You probably live some with someone or are closely associated with someone, and guess what? Their personality is not like yours. And sometimes when personalities are different, it's just hard to get along. Well, this applies to all of us. Now, I'm going to answer the question Talking about a marriage, I'm going to use a specific issue about some anal guy living on military time and some adorable woman living on island time. But you can apply all of these truths that I'm going to share with you to whatever your personality tension is with another individual. And as always, if you have a question that you want to talk to us about, well, we have a free community forum, and that is exactly what we want you to do. I want to give a shout out to Cassandra and also Derek for becoming supporting members today. And I never, 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 ever want to forget that it's because of Derek and Cassandra and a lot of other people who support this ministry that allow us to give it all away, to make it free for everyone. I want to, Let me answer another question. Someone wrote in and said, Rick, I thought you were giving your, giving your books away if we gave a donation. I gave a donation. I haven't received my book. Well, yeah, I understand, and you're going to get your book, I promise you. It is a process, and so we had a bunch of people make a donation, and we have to order the books. And then once we order the books, then we have to, well, I have to sign them all, which is not a problem at all, except it's going to take some time. And then we have to turn around and package each one of them up individually and mail them out to each individual. And so that's going to be a process. I wish we could speed it up for you, but quite honestly, we we just can't. And I know that part of it, part of it, uh, is during this coronavirus that things have slowed down tremendously. And so the books have not come in yet, but they are on the way. I hope they will be here at the 1st of June, and then we're going to get cracking on it. We'll put our whole family on it, and I'll do the signing and the writing of the notes, and we'll do the wrapping and, and get them down to the mail carrier and get those things shipped out, God willing, Everybody will get their book by the end of July. Hopefully, it'll be a lot sooner than that. But thank you for your patience. And we're going to run this promotion uh, for a while now. And so anyone that wants to donate $50 or more, we will get you a book. We ordered more books than uh, what has been asked so that we'd have some in stock. We did run out of books here at home, and contrary to what somebody might think, we actually don't have uh, a garage full of books. We don't live that way, and so we don't have any books on hand. And um, So anyway, we're getting them, and thank you for your patience, and you will get your book. We will get them to you. Let me jump into this, the title of this podcast. By the way, this is Rick Thomas, and you're listening to Your Daily 
Drive, the podcast where we put our articles in audio format. The title of this podcast and the article, if you want to read it, what is the way to work through personality differences? This is a huge deal, and I do appreciate this supporting member writing in and asking this question because we all need to to hear this. Now, what my reader was referring to, it was a story that I shared somewhere about how Lucia and I function when it comes to time management within our marriage It became apparent early in our relationship, and I'm talking about before we were married, that our personalities were different. For those of you who actually know us, you might have perceived that our personalities might be just a little bit different. Lucia has or lives on what I call island time. In fact, we call her St. Lucia. That has been her name uh, the whole time that I've known her. And we call her St. Lucia, and we mean it in every loving way intended. And we long for the day that when we can go to her island in the Caribbean, St. Lucia, which is near St. Thomas, so that we could spend some time on St. Lucia. We love St. Lucia. Uh, but she also lives on island time, and this is what that means. It kind of goes like this, you know. It's, uh, I'll get there when I get there. For those of you who have been third world countries, as we have, or been to islands, as we have, there is a different kind of lifestyle. I'll get there when I get there. Well, Lucia lives on island time. Or if I bump into someone at the grocery store, I may talk to them for 30 minutes. Or... I'll plan 15 stops, and then I'll tell you that it'll take one hour. Ain't going to happen. This is my wife. I'll come home four hours later, but not call to let you know I'll be late. I have a flexible shopping plan. I can change my plans on a whim. Those are just some of the characteristics of someone that lives on island time. And then there is me. We call this military time. I've already said you could call it anal time as well. It goes like this. There is a plan, and and there there is a plan that is in place before you leave. Sorry, I couldn't get all that out. There's a plan in place before you leave. We're talking about being predetermined. We're talking strategy here. You list the items you want to purchase in order of the stops that you're going to make. And so you have a, a mental map, and you think through the map and where those things are that you want, the stores that have them, and thus you, 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 you create the route in your mind. And I know most of you are like me, and it just makes all the sense of the world to you. The driving experience is an opportunity to cut valuable seconds off the overall shopping time. It's, it's, it's competitive driving. It's an efficient way of driving. You can get through the traffic quickly. Also, there are less flexibility and spontaneity, except for the competitive driving opportunities. And when I say I will be home in two hours, I am home in two hours or less. And so that's military time. And then you have my lovely, adorable wife on on island time. Needless to say, our two personalities brought conflict into our marriage. And and though I I share this with you tongue-in-cheek, I can do that now. But conflict meant conflict, and it was conflict. I'm talking about sin. I'm talking about anger. I'm talking about frustration which is why we had to have a better understanding of the gospel. Now, you could pick any personality conflict in a relationship. It could be island time, military time. It could be something else. You all have one because we're all different. 
The gospel is not just for your salvation. It applies to the life that you live each day. The gospel saves and the gospel sanctifies lives. And that's why the most important question that you want to ask, and that's what this person is asking with the question, how does the gospel apply to two people with personality conflicts? And so the question is, where do you start? You start with the gospel. When Christians talk about their personalities and how to work through relational conflict, they can become more personality-centered than gospel-centered. That ain't going to go well. They place the focus on their personalities rather than the gospel. Please hear this clearly. And you'll hear counselors and teachers doing similarly. They, they love talking about personalities and personality testing. And I'm a bear and I'm a beaver and I'm a tree and I'm a signpost and I'm whatever. And they talk about the personality testing and conflict resolution maneuvers while giving little mention to the gospel. Whatever you make your primary focus, you will push everything else to the perimeter. Self-focus was the original sin. Our fallen condition, our fallen condition assumes that self-analysis would be our preferred method of changing ourselves. Turning inward, self-esteem, self-reflection, thinking about ourselves. Adam did not look to God for help, but trusted in himself. My personality. Personality is inferior to the gospel, and it should never supplant it. Your first call to action must be a clear and practical understanding of the gospel. I am not saying that your personality does not matter, but, my, but by starting there with your personality, it'd be like helping a, a crack addict. You don't start with the addictive substance, which is my personality. That is not where you begin. When it comes to personality conflict, in a marriage. The first thing a couple must do is define the gospel clearly because that is your starting point. Now, when I use the word gospel, I'm talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is a synonym for the word gospel, his person and his work. I'm not talking about the effects of the gospel. The effects of the gospel is like salvation. That is a powerful effect of Jesus Christ. That's a powerful effect of the gospel. Salvation is the effect of the gospel. The Bible is the effect of the gospel. Religion, the Christian religion, is the effect of the gospel. Pull out the gospel and, well, the Bible is honestly, it's meaningless or nothing more than a good morality book. Religion is devoid. It's actually religion. It's not Christianity anymore. Salvation is impotent without the gospel. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, the point and focus of Christianity, the point and focus of the Bible, our lives, eternity. The Old Testament writers pointed to the coming Messiah. The New Testament writers looked back to the Messiah. In heaven, he will be the central theme and the point of, it, of the new song that we will sing throughout eternity. If Christ was that important to the, New Testament, the Old Testament writers and the New Testament writers, if Christ is that important in eternity, then the centrality of the gospel must be of first importance in our lives. You cannot help any couple through a difficulty if there is no measurable impact of the gospel on their lives. 
Too many couples miss this essential point. They just want to have their communication, addiction, anger, or other behavioral issues removed. Again, personality conflict is one of those other behavioral issues, and you do want to remove that, resolve that, bring, take the power and force out of that. But if you don't start with the gospel, whatever you stack on top of your efforts will not last. I am a Christian counselor, not a secular psychologist. I offer hope through the power of the gospel, not seven habits for people who want to be effective. I'm like the woman at the well in John 4:29, who said, Come see a man. I'm like John the Baptist in John 3:30, who said, He must increase, I must decrease. If Christ is not central in your heart, with accompanying transformation, central in your heart with accompanying transformation, any behavioral changes you try to implement will not be sustainable or satisfying. And so the question is, can you clearly define the gospel? Has the person and work of Christ affected you? Is the gospel your primary motivation for change? Do you have a desire to learn and grow more in the practical outworking of the gospel. And then finally, question number five, is your spouse on a similar page with you? Now, this is important, and I know this is where the podcast will end for many of you, and I do understand. If your spouse is not on the same page as I'm describing here, your personality differences will continue to impact your marriage more than the gospel will. Now, I'm not saying that you have to have a perfected experience of the gospel in your life. I don't have that. No way, no how. Not in this life. I am suggesting that you must be aware of the importance of the gospel, which these five questions, excuse me, these five questions that I just asked you, they will help you to discern. So I just gave you your call to action for this podcast. And, And again, you can read this if you wish. I want you to the title, podcast, the article here that I'm sharing with you, what is the way to work through personality differences? I've just given you a a block of questions, and I do want you to work through them if, if this idea is important to you. And so we're not looking for the perfection of the gospel in your life, but there ha- Without an amplified Christ animating your soul, your life could very quickly resemble a facsimile of Christianity rather than the authentic one you see in the New Testament. You and I need the amplified Christ. And so your first assessment is how is the gospel, how has the gospel affected you and your spouse? If you're both leaning into it, into Jesus Christ, albeit imperfectly, you're in a great spot. Now, your second assessment is understanding how the gospel must impact your motivations. I want to give you a couple of verses, three, that talk, it's really making gospel connections. Let me give you the verses. In Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, you know these verses very well. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. All right, so in these verses, I've just given you a lot of stuff that's either good or bad, and all of them are connected to the gospel. He talks about bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander. Put that away along with malice. And then he says, be kind to one another, kindness, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Here's the gospel connection, the last phrase, verse 32, as God in Christ 
forgave you. The, the reason that you want to put away bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander and malice, and the reason you want to be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiven is because Christ forgave you, because of the gospel. There's your motivation. In Romans 2, 4, he says, Paul says, Do you presume on the riches of his kindness, his forbearance, patience, knowing that God's kindness leads to repentance? Do you see what he did? The kindness of the Lord. I mean, the gospel is a huge kindness of the Lord that leads to repentance. If you want your spouse to change, then kindness has to be part of your one of the tools in your toolbox is the kindness of God that leads to repentance. It's the kindness of God through the gospel that leads to repentance. And then finally, in 1833 of Matthew, the guy who owed 10,000, who uh, would not forgive the person who owed 100, something like that. And he says in verse 33, And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant, as I had mercy on you. The reason you want to show mercy to your spouse is because of the mercy that the Lord gave to you, which you see in this text of 1833. I'm talking about gospel motivation. In all three of these passages, there's a connection from the gospel to the behavioral result. The gospel empowers you to do the right thing. The gospel-centered person is confident that regardless of what his personality is or his spouse's, God is greater. Your personality will not go, go through a complete makeover, but you will be able to submit it to the gospel. It's important that you hear this. I'm not talking about I need to change from military time or Lucia needs to change from island time, not in totality. But our motivations for why we do what we do has to be different. My motivations has to be different than predetermined plan to get the job done, get there and get out as quick as possible. My motivations have to be the gospel. And so you want to make sure you understand the gospel and that you're applying it to your life. You want to make sure that you are motivated by the gospel. And then point three, you want to make sure that you have gospel mastery. To be gospel-centered is to be like Christ. Christ-like attitudes and behaviors are the end game as each spouse leads the other toward a better person. A better person is Christ with a purer personality. Rather than comparing yourself to your spouse, you look to Jesus and assess how well you are doing. Now, I'm not going to go through this list here, but I have a list of two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I have nine things listed here that I would appeal to you to use to compare yourself to Christ. Because here's the thing. We compare... I can compare being military time and make a, a strong argument as to, way, as to why it's a better way to approach life. And Lucia, if she wanted to, could make a case for living on island time and why she's going to live a lot longer for me uh, than me and not die of a heart attack when she's 65. We can both make our cases in holding on to our rightness by comparing ourselves to each other. Do you hear how dangerous that is? If you want to be mastered by the gospel, then rather than comparing yourself to your spouse, you want to look to Jesus and compare yourself to him and to assess how well you are doing as you are mirrored to him. And I have nine ways that you can do that 
in this article. And for the sake of time, I'll not list them. But if this is important to you, I do want you to read these nine assessments and see how well you are doing. For Lucia and I to work through our time management conflict, we had to come to terms with the gospel. I made a strong case for that already. We knew that our personalities would slowly change, which is what we call Christian maturity. If your personality is not changing from the first day you met Christ, and again, I'm not talking about a total makeover. I mean, some it, some people look at this as like all or, or nothing, like I've, I've totally got to get rid of my personality. No, you need a, a unique, sanctified personality, a gospel-infused personality. But you have to understand, there is a uniqueness for you. Everybody cannot be the same. You don't want to be the same. And so you don't want to change your uniqueness. But the problem is not that as much as it is when we bump into somebody who's different from us. And, and then we begin to become arrogant and self-righteous as we compare ourselves to them. We have to understand that there, there were aspects of our personalities that came baked into the cake. These are our factory settings, and some of that ain't going to ever change. But we want to make sure that the gospel is empowering whatever those personalities are. And so rather than the futile attempt to reinvent ourselves, what Lucia and I decided to do is to fixate on the gospel. I had to put away the personality test and other individualistic self-centered methodologies that kept me self-focused. My problem was not a lack of understanding myself, which is so funny about those personality tests. It may be funny is not the right word. People understand themselves. We know we're quirky. We know how we are. I knew that I can be, I can be rigid and detail-oriented. Do I need a personality test to tell me that I can be rigid and detail-oriented? Understanding the gospel meant that I needed to think less about myself and more about others. Rather than stewing over how Lucia was not like me, I needed to esteem her more than I esteem myself. And with the gospel now securely centered in my mind, and that's why I've spent so much time talking about the gospel and just driving that home, trying to rivet that into your thinking, because it, th that is the most crucial piece. And, and when it became riveted into our thinking, we were now securely, it was securely centered in our minds, and it sent us off in a different direction. Rather than my life, and marriage being about what I wanted, how I wanted, when I wanted, according to my excellent time management skills, it became more about God and what would make his name great. It didn't take long to realize that I needed to repent of my sin. Behaviorally, what did you repent of? Behaviorally, it was a lack of leadership in my marriage. But more importantly, at the heart level, it was self-righteousness. And that's usually what personality differences are. Is that greater than, better than attitude? Being on military time is obviously a greater than, better than attitude than being on island time. We elevate our personalities because our way is the right way. That is self-righteousness. I saw my way of doing things, my personality as being superior to island time. My approach, because I was self-righteous, 
was to fuss at my wife for not meeting my expectations of being on time. With the gospel on the perimeter and my personality preferences in the center, I became a functioning God in our marriage. When you said that she would be home at such and such time, I, uh, when, when Lucia said that she would be home at such and such time, I, I self-righteously held her words up to her face and let her know what she said, how she failed me, and how I was hurt, and how I was justified in letting her know all about it. When the gospel became the centerpiece of our lives, I realized that my Savior would never treat me that way. He does not motivate by fear. Shame, throwing shade, guilt, condemnation, Jesus motivates by grace. I began to think that if the Savior held me to the standard that I was holding my wife, the avalanche of my sins would pummel me. This new perspective did not mean that I ignored my wife's sins or flaws or weaknesses or personality quirks. Christ does not ignore my sins and my immaturity or things that I need to change. He wants me to mature into Christ-likeness. It is not a matter of neglecting problems, but helping another human grow into Christian maturity. There are two ways to do it. You can beat them up over what they did wrong, or you can get underneath them and support them and lift them up to make them better. I think sometimes we forget that our personalities, whatever they may be, are part of our old selves, and they need to be brought into submission to Christ as well. We are not partially fallen creatures. The fall of Adam and conveyance of sin to all humanity was complete. Our minds, which are part of our fallenness, have been affected by sin too. Our thinking has become futile, and only the redemptive work of Christ can restore our minds from pre-regenerative fallenness. This effect of sin upon our mind is known in theology as the noetic effect of sin. Our personalities are part of our former life, and Paul talked about that in Ephesians 4. 22, 23, 24. When you and I were regenerated, we brought into a new life with Christ, which is different from our former manner, way of thinking, believing, and functioning. Our old personalities were not born from above. And though we were positionally placed in Christ and could currently possess every spiritual blessing because of Christ, we're not entirely like Christ. We still live on earth with our old bodies and minds, which is in part why Paul was calling the Ephesians to step up to the inheritance that they have in Christ. I am flawed. I need a Savior. The gospel makes me suspect of my, suspicious of myself and my motives. This revived and regenerated worldview set me free from my bondage and placed me on a path of Christ-likeness. I began to understand that I could not continue asserting my rightness while always seeking to be transformed into the life that Christ offers. You can't have it both ways, always being right and then expecting transformation into Christ-likeness. And with a newfound healthy suspicion of myself, I could approach my wife with a desire to understand and to serve her rather than waving my rightness in front of her. And so the first order of business as a gospel-motivated person who is suspicious of his motives is to go to his spouse and, and ask forgiveness for 
a lack of leadership in the marriage, specifically in the area of our time management conflicts, and then start a repentance process in my self-righteousness. And fortunately, my wife, who was also growing in her understanding of the gospel, rather than asserting her rightness, and she was becoming more suspicious of her motives as well. What what used to be two disjointed, self-willed people ensconced in the arrogance of their rightness, we were becoming two people more interested in glorifying God through our one flesh union. We mutually forgave each other. Neither one of us was interested in who was right, who was wrong. We desired to figure out how we could use our strengths and weaknesses to function day by day, practically while making God's name great. The gospel is God's strength applied to our weaknesses to make us something we could never accomplish by ourselves. As part of our repentance, we began to think how we could use our strengths. I have strengths, military time. Lucia has strengths, island time, which, by the way, I see as a strength now. I love island time. I'm learning how to relax after 60 years. Well, I started a long time ago becoming more restful, which is what her island time will do for you. And she asked me if I would help her think through her calendar and if she could run her calendar appointments by me. She realized that, you know, I'm cramming a lot into my time and I, I, I never get it done. And honestly, it's not right. So how can you help? And since you're anal, <laughs> she, did, she didn't say it that way. But since you do have a little skill set for appointments and time management. How can you help? Today, what used to be two people using their strengths to put the other in their place, we have become ever-maturing, gospel-motivated complementarians. Our differences made us perfect for each other. What used to be friction between two people set in their ways has now become an opportunity to imitate the Savior by serving each other, which has made us much stronger as a one-flesh union. The title of the podcast is what is the way to work through personality differences? I've just given you a case study. And if you want to talk about this, here's what I want you to do. I want you to read the article. I have a lot of links that are embedded inside the article. And then we have a free community forum that's given to you by Cassandra and Derek and a few others. And I want you to jump on that forum and I want you to talk to us. And it would be our pleasure to serve you. Thank you so much for listening.